Welcome to Korean True Crime. I'm your host, Mimi Maziko, and in today's episode, we will be discussing the assassination of an army sergeant and the suspicious circumstances that surround his death. What was that? On a cold winter day, December 11, 2001, in northwestern South Korea, Gyeonggi-do, an army sergeant named Yum Sun-duk came home from work earlier than normal. His wife was cooking dinner and his son was playing, and his son was really excited for his dad to come home early because he often worked late nights, but unfortunately Sun-duk had to tell his family he wouldn't be home for very long because he was expected to attend a company dinner, which in Korea is called Hwesik. Hueshik is a meal or meeting that employees are usually socially pressured to attend by their higher-ups after working hours. In history and still today, Hueshik often includes copious amounts of alcohol. Employees will go to a barbecue restaurant, eat up, have some fun, drink a ton, but it's definitely something that is optional but socially mandatory. As of recent events, it has become less popular, not only because of corona, but because of the expanding Me Too movement and the increasing labor rights in South Korea. That's not to say that Hueshik is a negative experience for everyone and everyone's company, but it definitely has been used as a mandatory outing every night of the week in the past, and it's becoming less popular for it to be mandatory for employees. Understanding Hueshik culture is really necessary for today case. So just know this, it's an after hours meeting with your boss where you usually eat and consume a lot of alcohol to blow off some steam. Now back to Yum Sunduk. He had just come home, told his wife that he couldn't stay for dinner, told his son he couldn't play with him that night, changed his clothes, and rushed out the door. According to colleagues and his wife, he went to a nearby restaurant with two army soldiers and a fellow sergeant, Sergeant Lee. Together, they drank a few rounds of soju, played a few drinking games, ate a ton of meat, and were having a great evening. After a short while, another soldier joined them at dinner, Lieutenant Hong Jun-e, and together they polished off another 10 bottles of soju between the five of them. So needless to say, they were intoxicated. The night was still young at 8.30 p.m., so the men decided to take the party upstairs to the second floor Norebang, which is a karaoke room. They decided to drink a little bit more, have a joyous time, and sing some K-pop. After about 30 minutes of singing their hearts out at Norebang, Sergeant Lee and the other two soldiers that were with Sunduk at dinner decided to go to a, another party elsewhere, like a billiards club. But Lieutenant Hong Jun-e and our main man, Sunduk, decided to go to a quieter bar nearby for some more drinks. Sunduk wasn't a heavy drinker by any means, So it was out of the ordinary when he dropped 250,000 won on drinks at the bar. That's roughly around 210 US dollars. So he was definitely becoming 
overly intoxicated at this point. It's around 11 p.m. that he paid his tab and left the bar. He left the bar alone, according to the bartender, and unfortunately, he did get in his car and drive away. Don't drink and drive, folks. Around 40 minutes after he had paid his tab and left the bar at 11.40 p.m., Sundak's car was found on the side of the road about 500 meters away from his military housing, where his wife and son were waiting for him to come home. Someone who was driving by pulled over kindly to see if the driver needed help. And remember, it's December 10th. It's 11.40 p.m. It's freezing cold outside and it's pitch black. The kind driver pulled over to the side of the road, got out of their car, and approached Sundok's car's driver's side window. They knocked on the window, but noticed that nobody was inside the car. The headlights of the car, however, were still on. The light from Sundok's car's headlights revealed a man laying on the side of the pavement, covered in blood. The police were called and they arrived shortly later to the scene, but after searching the body, they discovered it was Sundok and the military ID meant they had to involve the military police, who took a while to get to the scene. The police were going to be involved anyway in the investigation, so they proceeded with investigating the crime scene while they waited for the military police to arrive. Sundak was found laying on his back with his arms and legs outstretched with severe injuries to his head. The initial conclusion by the police investigators that this was a hit and run, that Sundak was drunk, got out of his car to do something, stumbled into the road, was hit by a car, and the car fled. The scene. The theory was dismissed rather quickly because the injuries just didn't match a hit and run. He had only sustained injuries to his head and nowhere else on his body, which you would see if someone was struck by a moving vehicle. The police believed that the location his body was found in was the location of his death because of the blood pooling underneath him and the front of his body being free from any blood. The military had taken over the case at this point. The police were still involved in the investigation, however, so they tried to get the body to be sent to a private medical facility for the autopsy because they knew that if the body was sent to a military hospital, then they would never receive any information about the autopsy. It seemed like tensions were already high between the military police and the Gyeonggi-do police. Ultimately, they settled on having two separate autopsies performed on the body, one at a private medical facility and one at the military hospital. But let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Back at the crime scene, the police were able to find the murder weapon relatively quickly. It was a large, thorny, jujube tree branch that was tossed alongside a small creek further into the woods that lined the road that Sunduk's body was found on. The thorny jujube branch that was found was a little bit thicker than an average baseball bat and a lot heavier. The police believe the attacker must have used two hands to overhead strike attack the side of Sunduk's head where the branch was soaked in his blood. The police theorized that the crime took place like this. The attacker grabbed the branch, approached Sunduk, swung with two hands overhead, struck Sunduk on the side of the head, forcing him to fall backwards onto the concrete. Sunduk's reflexes wouldn't have been there, regardless that he was an army sergeant. He had a blood alcohol content of 023 
Sundak wasn't able to fight off or resist his attacker. The attacker continued to strike him on the head once he was on the ground an indeterminate amount of times. Through this attack, however, he had sustained a skull fracture, bleeding in his brain, and multiple facial bone fractures. He would have died quickly before the attacker fled towards the creek. Figuring out the motive for this case was daunting. This was an army sergeant who was attacked and left for dead on the side of the road. After a night out with a lot of other soldiers. It was unlikely that the attacker was a robber because his cards and cash were still on him, his car keys were on him, and the car wasn't taken. The police had to believe that whoever killed Yum Sundak knew the route he took home or went home with him. The police began by talking to the other soldiers that he had drinks with that evening, as well as bartenders and waiters at the bars he went to that night. A bartender who worked at the last bar that Yum Sun Duck and Lieutenant Hong Jin Yi went to that evening said that she overheard the two men arguing quite loudly. She actually heard them clearly argue about Sun Duck accusing Jun Yi of stealing military equipment and fuel. Lieutenant Hong jun worked in the transportation unit, and this accusation was later corroborated by the accuser who had reported Hong jun to Yum sun his superior. sun wasn't someone to mess with. He was incredibly liked by all of his colleagues in the military, so he took accusations from his soldiers very seriously. This isn't the first time that someone in the military would steal supplies, but... The timing of the accusation, the confrontation, and the murder are quite suspicious. Oddly, the military didn't think so. Later, a witness came forward and said he did see two men smoking on the side of the road nearby where Sunduk's body was found, which led the police to go back to the scene and collect all of the cigarette butts that they found. Cigarette butts were collected at the crime scene and tested for DNA, and two of them came back positive for Lieutenant Hong Juni and Sergeant Lee, the man that Sunduk had dinner with earlier that night. This is where the investigation became completely unraveled and unhinged. The DNA evidence was perfectly clear. It matched Lieutenant Hong Juni and Sergeant Lee, but the military then accused the police of planting the cigarette butts at the scene. The police protested, however, because the ashes that came from the cigarette butts were found on the ground of the crime scene. The military went on to provide an alibi for Hong Jun Yi for the rest of the evening and Sergeant Lee, but the police weren't convinced. Jun Yi's alibi at this point was that he left the bar with Yum Sun Duck and went to a billiards club with a few of the other soldiers they had dinner with that night, including Sergeant Lee and a new man, a military contractor. The military at this point had almost full control of the investigation and could steer it any direction they wanted. The Gyeonggi-do police were no longer able to investigate Juni, who was their main suspect. So, with little to go on, they essentially dwindled down the investigation to one third-year investigator. And of course, having one single investigator on the case led to them not being able to produce any resolutions or results. 
The military contractor was the only person whose alibi was able to be used for the investigation, and there were no cross-verification attempts for the bartenders, waiters, or patrons of the bars. If you followed any of my cases that involve the Korean military police, then you'll know that they definitely are secretive and they're willing to protect their own, even in this case, if the victim is one of their own. Yum Sun Duk's wife, child, and family mourned his loss, but they weren't able to have a funeral service because between the military and the police, they couldn't release his body quickly enough. The military wanted to release his body quickly so the family could have a funeral, but the police weren't quite sure why the military wanted to rush a conclusion. The police were hesitant to release the body for funeral purposes before the case was solved, and the wife questioned them as to what they knew and who they suspected, but they weren't able to give her any answers. Instead, the single investigator gave her a note in secret that she kept to this day that read, the person who drank with him last is the culprit. To add salt to the family's wounds, Yum Sun Duk's younger brother visited the military hospital to positively ID the body as Yum Sun Duk, and that's when he witnessed the military's coroner crudely shoving the body around, picking up his arms, dropping him, just being completely disrespectful to the deceased's body. And his little brother asked the coroner, please be more respectful to my brother's body. And he was escorted out of the military hospital just for asking for them to be more respectful to the dead. The Korean police tried to comfort him as he went to report the incident, but there was nothing they could do to settle him down. The family urged for the funeral to proceed quicker after this incident and had expected for the usual military funeral services, like his remains being buried in a military cemetery, a pension is usually given to the family, and Sunduk's merits would have been recognized by the military at his funeral. However, the military contested the murder verdict and even insinuated that this possibly could have been an accident because the police planted all the evidence of a murder. At this moment, I'm just thinking about how re-traumatized the family must be to be told that their murdered loved one is in this crossfire between the military and the police. After a lot of back and forth between the investigators, the body was released to the family. However, they weren't allowed to bury him in the military cemetery. They buried him in a national cemetery. However, he was awarded medals for his service and his family was finally able to put him to rest. The military police ended the investigation shortly after the burial because they believed it was a waste of army resources and it was bad for soldiers' morale to continue investigating something that may never have an answer. Now that the military were off of the case, that single investigator who was working on the case, he continued to investigate Yumsun Duck's death. And where did he start? He went right back to the billiards club. He re-interviewed the business owner. The billiards club owner had previously stated to the military police that two people had entered the billiards club and two people had played billiards together. However, when re-questioned, he stated that two people were playing billiards and two came in and joined them and then two of them left out the back stairwell. 
This completely contradicted the alibi presented by the military contractor that they were playing billiards together all night. Now the police had to figure out which two of the four men left out the back stairwell. Unfortunately, CCTV wasn't widely used yet at this time, but the police did suspect that it was Sergeant Lee and Lieutenant Hong Juni. The police also reviewed footage of the alibi given by the military contractor after being interrogated by the military police. And in the interrogation, the military police solicited an alibi by stating, please tell me how the four of you played billiards all night. The police then went to Sergeant Lee to ask him if he was one of the men who left that evening because this completely contradicted the alibi that kept him out of the investigation previously. But Sergeant Lee refused to cooperate and because he was still active duty, the Gyeonggi-do police couldn't touch him. Lieutenant Hong Jun-hee had been discharged from the military after this investigation, however, and was able to be interrogated by the police. But unfortunately, he claimed that he had been excessively drinking that night and didn't remember anything of what happened that night. The police didn't believe that, and neither should you. The evidence was adding up. The fake alibi, Hong Jun-hee and Sergeant Lee's DNA at the crime scene. And then there's the jujube tree branch that had the blood on it. Let's talk about that jujube tree branch. What do you think happened to it while it was in military storage? It went missing. The military claimed that the branch was accidentally discarded as they relocated facilities. But none of the other evidence was lost. The police suspected that DNA evidence could have been present on the tree branch. Unfortunately, the case went cold and the trail ended there for 17 years. Thankfully, due to the Taiwani law, the statute of limitations can't run out on cold cases such as this, and it has been reinvestigated. In February 2018, Sergeant Lee was dishonorably discharged from the military after being arrested for allegedly purchasing the services of a sex worker and potentially other sex crimes. About a month later after he was released, he took his own life. Because of the ongoing investigation about the sex crimes, Sergeant Lee was never able to be reinvestigated for the murder of Yum Sun Duk. This was a mess of a case. It felt like a fight from the Korean police to gain reputation back from the laxity shown in numerous unsolved cases that they had. Due to the lack of cooperation between the military and the Korean police, this case had zero chance of being solved. Thank you for listening to Korean True Crime with me, your host, Mimi Mizuko. Tama See you next time.